Billions of years ago, a race of immortals harnessed the most powerful force in existence, the emerald energy of willpower. These immortals, the guardians of the universe, built a world from where they could watch over all of existence, the planet Oa. They divided the universe into 3,600 sectors. A ring powered by the energy of will was sent to every sector to select a recruit. In order to be chosen by the ring, it was said one must be without fear. Together, these 3,600 recruits formed the intergalactic peacekeepers known as the Green Lantern Corps. Welcome to Exposition Street, celebrating geek movies and all their splendiferous glory, a presentation of Prismatic Tsunami. My name is Eric. Thank you very much for joining us uh, today for our uh, 79th episode of our Prismatic Filmcast. Uh, congratulations, you made it to the show. Very much appreciated. Uh, once again, if you'd like to be part of the program, maybe recommend a movie, we'd love to hear from you. Feedback at prismaticsunami.com. It's a good way to do that. Feedback at prismaticsunami.com. Or drop by our Discord server and uh, hang out with us a little bit. Spend a little time uh, chatting about your favorite movies, what you like, what you don't like, and most importantly, what you want to know what we like and don't like, if we haven't already talked about it. Does that make sense? I think I'm getting a little wordy. Let's go ahead and introduce the cast. I'm going to go ahead and... I, I, I do like to hear myself talk. Uh, once, when the world was truly in need, he was chosen by a magic glowing pizza taco. Unfortunately, it too was green. It's Richard. My precious. My precious. Maybe that's a different one. <laughs> it was what, my kingdom for my precious? Uh, my kingdom for my precious ring. Billions <laughs> of years ago, a race of immortals harnessed the most powerful force in existence. A redhead with a penchant for vengeance that is best served cold. It's Vanessa! I will take immortality if it means that I can be, be cool and make things with my mind. Interesting uh, compromise. I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, it seems like a win-win, a little over much in the win column, though. Of all the lanterns who have ever worn the ring, the, the one whose light shined the brightest, that is, until some considerate soul complained to management about the weird green light keeping the neighborhood awake at night. It's Jason. <laughs> oh, don't bring retail into my life any more than it has to. <laughs> <laughs> no. Love you, man. And finally, he's rash, volatile, opinionated. In short, the perfect representative of Earth to bring the rest of the universe to its proverbial knees. Get that boy a Wonka bar. It's the kid. <laughs> you know, if I had awesome superpowers that were fueled by the power of my... Oh, wait. I do have awesome superpowers <laughs> fueled by the power of my will. Haven't you noticed? Don't look at me like that. Uh, let's see. How we are going to talk about... I can't believe I'm going to say this. I mean, it was bad enough when we said it at the end of last show, right? All right, I gotta brace myself. Green Lantern. Um, <laughs> okay, you know, I, I'm we'll gonna, see y'all next week. I'm gonna um, throw this out there for you, real quick, Eric. Not knowing basic details of Green Lantern lore does not make you a bad nerd. If anything, it makes you a respectable nerd, and we could always use more of those. Oh, oh, dude! I remember watching this movie, 
and I still know almost nothing about Green Lantern. And I can't figure out if that's because I blocked it out or because it didn't dick. If this movie was your only exposure to Green Lantern, I don't blame you. Right. I know I watched the movie. I don't remember watching the movie. <laughs> We're all on an interesting oh, page I, today. I know you all remember some things from this movie. There's there's no, the only no thing covering that up. That I remember Ryan Reynolds from, in green. from watching this the first time was him capturing the helicopter and putting it on a Hot Wheel track. That <laughs> was, that that was one of the ones that should stick with that you. Was cool. <laughs> that was kind of cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, Green Lantern released June seventeenth of two thousand eleven. Went to number one at the box office at the time, fifty three point one million dollars its opening weekend. Rated PG thirteen. Ran one hour and fifty four minutes. Uh, reckless test pilot Hal Jordan is granted an alien ring that bestows him with otherworldly powers that inducts him into an intergalactic police force, the Green Lantern Corps. That is a terrible sentence, but it does kind of capture the essence here. Uh, Directed by Mr. Martin Campbell, responsible for such luminary uh, films as No Escape, Golden Eye, Mask of Zorro, Legend of Zorro, Casino Royale, probably some other Bond stuff in there, too. I stopped looking after a certain point. No Escape was a freaking badass movie. It kind of set a high precedent, a high bar for his directing. I'm not sure why he took this movie, but... Ryan it may be in the trivia. I don't <laughs> it took it interesting places. Uh, written I like by, uh, No Escape. Greg, Greg, <laughs> no Escape was good. It was good. It was um, dark. Uh, written by Greg Berlanti. Um, now, here's a guy with some superhero entertainment cred, I guess. Uh, he was a creator for a show called No Ordinary Family. Do any of you remember that? Anybody see it? Never even heard of it. Oh, my God. It was one of those. It was part of this kind of like post-incredibles kind of era of, but before Heroes, I think. Of what if, like, you know, superheroes existed in the real world, but instead of going with, like, the classic comic book stuff, we did our own thing. And it, it started the guy, Michael Chiklis, I think his name is, the guy who played um, Ben Grimm in the, the Fantastic Four movies in the early 2000s. Uh, oh, I like him. Kind of squat. I was going to say, Stocky which dude. Fantastic Four movies. Loved him. Fair enough. Loved him. He was in uh, some episodes of Gotham, too, as a police chief for a while. Uh, fantastic. Uh, I no word if I was actually fun, but I think it went like one season and then tanked like a lot of things. Uh, he also is a creator of uh, like uh, Arrow, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, um, he, right on Titans, Superman and Lois. Um, his partner in crime, Mark Guggenheim. I loved three out of four of those. Uh, Mark Mark Guggenheim is comic book writer, X Men. He he was, uh, but he has some unfortunate credits. He was a writer on X Men Origins Wolverine. Um, but he was also. And he hasn't been shot. He was also a writer on Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl. Uh, also, <laughs> though, Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters, Carnival Row, True Lies, a lot of genre flicks. True Lies, the TV show that's on right now, not the movie. Right, not the movie. Not and the um, uh, another comic book writer, I think, Michael Green, who uh, had a little bit different pedigree as a writer. He wrote on Smallville, though, on Heroes, oh. um, Logan. Oh. Blade oh. Runner 2049 and um, oh. Jungle Cruise, which I just thought was kind of fun to drop oh. into his, <laughs> drop into his <laughs> resume there. That is a weird point. Right. I'm sure he only got onto this movie because his last name is Green. So here's the problem I have. Despite a couple of stinkers in there, that writing potential sounds pretty solid. Too many I wonder cooks. if they butt heads or something. Right? It's got to be. It's got to be. Or 
Well, and I, I know I've got some trivia on it a little bit. The director has, I think, gone on record talking about interference from the studio. A lot, it sounds like. Yeah, and I that, think that feels right. And I think there was a lot of um, you know creative differences internally as well. I know that he did not pick Ryan for the film, for example. The studio did. He had other ideas. Ryan Reynolds. That he never let go of. Starred as Hal Jordan, who before, around this time, he had been, he was an X-Men Origins Wolverine in 2009. Not his fault. <laughs> you know, he played the character he wanted to play, and later on, he kind of made up for it. Kind of. Uh, Just a little bit. Kind of. Yeah. I'll give him that. <laughs> What's which which movie is it? It's, I think it's the second Deadpool movie where he comes about, yes. he comes out of nowhere like shoots shoots Ryan Reynolds in the head as he's looking at the Green Lantern script. Yeah, it looks up at the camera yeah. and says, "You're welcome, Canada." Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, he was in RIPD in 2013, and we've done that movie here on the show. And of course, he was in Deadpool in 2016 and the sequel. Yeah, um, obviously, nobody wanted Green Lantern. I don't know if this was like a, a really important choice for him but he did it uh let's see um so famously ryan hates this movie since a lot of people do that's not necessarily real surprising i was going to uh, say with with at least some modicum of reason yes well and he, he also has admitted that uh, having a poor working relationship with the director he, he was glad to see the film perform poorly officially and financially as he did not wish to reprise his role which suggests to me that he was under contract uh, in his in, in Deadpool, he ran, referenced uh, Green Lantern in a negative way. So he still make the a, super suit green. Yeah, nor animated. green nor or animated. Digital. Yep, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was great. Uh, yeah, Martin Campbell has heavily criticized the studio for hacking the film to pieces during editing. So maybe that's where a lot of that is, uh, which he claims resulted in the omission or alteration of numerous elements, which would have made for a stronger film. Boy, there's really kind of nowhere to go but stronger. I. God, I'm already bagging on it. We're not, we're not like ten minutes in. It wasn't in that bad. No, it wasn't. But it okay. kind of was. The Green Lantern is to superhero movies as Nickelback is to music. It's I don't have fun as much of a problem with Nickelback either. I was say, yeah, it doesn't. It's <laughs> not well, well bad said, actually. to watch. Well said, but it's fun to punch down. Yes, that's the same everybody just kind of agreed that this movie sucked and we're gonna make fun of it don't even necessarily know why might not have seen it if we did see it we don't remember it but we're gonna mock it relentlessly because it's fun and everybody else is i'm sitting here doing that right now and i realize that i do throw a lot of cynical commentary in when i'm reading this stuff because it's kind of fun to when it's a movie worth bashing on a little bit but the truth is and nobody's going to be surprised by this. I enjoyed watching this movie. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to take a wild guess here that I am the 20% of this panel that belongs to the relatively hardcore comics fan base for the Green Lantern uh, IP. Okay. Yes. And, and okay, and to be fair despite my comment at the beginning. Um so I remember when this movie came out. I had I I my my holy exposure Previously to Greenland, I never read any of the comics. I mean, you know, you know, I wasn't heavy into comics, but one of the comics I, of the comics I did read, Green Lantern was never one of them. Green Lantern was on like Super Friends when I was a kid, and all he did was fly around with a green glow. Um, it had a ring that maybe let him do stuff occasionally. I just don't remember that stuff. It wasn't important. The character never struck me as somebody I really wanted to know that much about. When this movie was on the horizon, 
there was one of the animated films that uh, I watched with one of my friends, with our friend Kevin, and it was illuminating because it it introduced the Lantern Corps and all this all these aliens and stuff like this. And I thought, well, that's really kind of cool, but not I expect kind of the core story of Green Lantern in terms of what we would relate to or what they would do with a movie and how wrong I was. Now. I get now that you kind of don't get one without the other. That really is a big part of his origin story. Or at least I assume it is. Yes-ish. But I, don't, I, I didn't need it. You know, when I, when I was expecting a Green Lantern movie, I wasn't expecting a CGI fest that took place on distant planets with a thousand aliens. Some of those aliens and, were pretty badass, though. And at the time, I just wasn't really locked into it. When I watched it this week, a little different expectation, right? Right. One, there wasn't much expectation. I mean, you know, but also kind of that stuff worked and it wasn't as dominating the movie as much as in my head it was. I felt like it was. So it was cool. It was it was interesting. And I mean, sitting back and get watching it critically and kind of enjoying some of the performances, it really did change things a little bit. And we should talk about a few of the performances. Some of these Wait, actors. you enjoyed the performances? Oh, a couple of them, yeah. But nobody that actually appeared on screen. Oh, I don't know. I thought Amanda Waller did a pretty impressive job. I okay. <laughs> what you mean Amanda? Amanda uh, Angela Bassett. Uh, Hasley, yeah. Let's let's talk for a second about the fact that that was Angela Bassett who can't help it, <laughs> but she was way too high caliber for this role because she had almost no role in the movie, and we have seen, unfortunately, for Miss Bassett, so many great representations of Amanda Waller now in different <laughs> franchises and <laughs> never freaking disappoints. So, no, no. yeah. I will Violet actually say as much as I love Angela Bassett because she is a high-power actress with a lot of talent, might be my least favorite Amanda Waller in the DC universe. Kind of with you there. This uh, is the earliest point Davis in her career that we've seen her betrayed. So yeah, I think you're right. Uh, well, no, no, she was on Smallville for a while. I bit. missed her on Smallville. No, bit. Smallville. She was on. No, Arrow. you're right. She was on. I'm thinking of something else. She was, she on, was on Arrow. Arrow. She was on yeah. Flash. She was on. And you're right. That was after this. That was so after this. So you could very well be right about that because even in Arrow, she was introduced in con in connection with the Suicide Squad characters. So, uh, but I keep thinking I'd have to check on that too because I keep thinking it wasn't Argus, but I kept thinking that she appeared for on Smallville for some reason. I'm going to look into that because that was a long time ago now. Well, okay, I mean, what I wouldn't be surprised if she did. There were plenty of people who appeared on Smallville who had no right to be right. there. Right. But there was a there was definitely in some of the later seasons, like super secret government organization type stuff going on. And um, and remember, uh, even <laughs> that's in the way they did the story as well. Well, even uh, Clark's mom did some of that. As a as a senator replacing John, it was just way out there. <laughs> so good. Um, but she's actually on my list, my short list of other talent in this because I, I, I didn't bother looking everybody up. Okay, so our stars, right? Let's let's kind of, and, and we're gonna have stuff to talk about. Ryan Reynolds, of course. Ryan goes without saying. When this movie came out, does anybody remember thinking, "Wow, what a great choice for this movie"? Actually, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I thought I Ryan Reynolds was, was perfect for Lord. Hal Jordan because Hal Jordan's a prick. I, and I didn't know that. I did not know that. I, he, I thought he is a prick, and he why? was a fuck up, but he wasn't 
funny. And that was why I did not feel Ryan was a good choice for him. I no. watched a different cartoon than you did. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't meet him in the cartoons. I met him in the comic books, which is his actual origin. So, you know. Oh, Fair enough. Shots fired. You know, people in the 40s didn't have a sense of humor. <laughs> I did. It was just a very different sense of humor. <laughs> Involved a lot of staring off into the distance. Um, he, Movie he match six to the he left. Was fine. Look, <laughs> right. He, he was fine. In the in, when when I watch this now, and I, I think about the portrayal of the character as I know him a little better now. I, I, he's fine. I, I don't have a problem with that. But I understand at the time why there was so much kind of diminishment. I don't know about outrage, but you know, diminishment of the idea of why get over Brian because because he was a comic actor. And it seemed like at the time, it seemed like a really strange choice for a beloved superhero and introducing him to the world. So I know, I don't know. I wasn't on board at the time. Uh, Blake Lively, whom uh, Ryan met while filming this movie, and now they've been married pretty much ever since. Uh, they got married in 2012. I said this movie came out in 2011, right? Yep. Yeah. So they got married like a year later and they have like three kids now. So she, she said my favorite line in the movie, which I have now found out was ad-libbed so i don't know if that says anything. the cheekbones line <laughs> yes yeah because <laughs> i thought that was her best line, line in the movie so it really line. was the best line in the movie yeah particularly funnier now that they're married and have three kids you know <laughs> and boy they dig at each other so much she and ryan are a fun couple on twitter i don't yeah. i don't know how much it reflects their real life but which is weird because their on-screen yeah. chemistry was fucking garbage that, yeah, well, they the weren't same. there yet. Yeah, they were they working have, to it. They, <laughs> they were yeah, exes. Right. They should have had some sort of on-screen chemistry. Uh, they were also being directed by a director who didn't like the leading man. Oh yeah, there's a lot. Or at least the I'm sure there's thereof. a lot of blame that can go around on this one. Um, <laughs> Their on-screen chemistry sucks. The, well, <sighs> had, to be fair, I mean they were pretty on again, off again in the comics as well, considering that Carol Harris became possessed by the Star Sapphire Star and Sapphire. Uh, yeah. beat the shit out of and nearly killed Hal on frequent occasions, which I, was fine. <sighs> I think it was good for their relationship. I even read that Blake had hoped that this would go on for more movies because she wanted to do the Star Sapphire thing. I'm like, wouldn't have been unwell. Well, that. Really if, ambitious. I mean, if, this had, if this had been done well, that would not have been uncool. Now let's um, you know keep this in context. If you look up uh, Blake Lively's career, you're not going to find a whole lot of things to make you go, hmm, awesome, excellent. I know her from that. No. <laughs> not so much. Uh I know her mostly from being Ryan Reynolds' wife, unfortunately. She's very pretty. Peter Sarsgaard as Hector Hammond. Was Hector a character from the comics? Kind of. I he just kind of wasn't curious. a significant enough one to leave me with any specific recalls or anything like that. But yeah. Well, that's not entirely untrue. He was kind of a big deal for at least one major arc. It was just one that I mostly missed. So that's not really on them. And Peter Sarsgaard, I thought, was interesting. He was... He was as far as the the principal actors on the show, despite the fact that his role was kind of kind of weak, was one of the more interesting performances. I thought over to the top in the way it probably should have been for a comic movie. And uh, Mark Strong, oh, gosh, I like Mark Strong. He played Sinestro. We have seen this guy now. Uh, this is our fifth Mark Strong Expo Street movie. I think you guys, you remember? You, can you even picture who I'm talking about? Because Sinestro looks so different. He has no CGI. 
that's that's not even going into the fact that he's red. I mean, so he was um, he was uh, our principal kind of villain kid in Stardust, Sept- huh. Septimus. Yeah, he oh. was uh, Lord Blackwood or whatever in Sherlock Holmes. Right. He was uh, in John Carter. He was the the weird alien monk that guy that was kind of like manipulating the bad guys. And he was yep. in Shazam <laughs> as the principal villain. He does good at villainy. Oh uh, yeah, he knows his niche. I will agree with that. <laughs> he knows his niche. I will say, Sinestro has always been a point of. Please, God, writers be better. <laughs> because his origin story is that he was one of the greatest Green Lanterns, and then he turns into a villain. His name is frickin' Sinestro. <laughs> I was thinking about that for the entire movie. I was like, I bet he's going to be a bad guy. <laughs> I, I know. I'm sitting here. I'm like, I'm like, you know, they're just going to make a ring and somebody's actually going to use it and become the bad guy. I don't know if it's in this movie or a future movie. Probably Sinestro. Yeah. There you go. I, and, I, now I, I have confirmation. Say, <laughs> I will say that out of all the characters from the comics who were portrayed in this movie, I feel that Sinestro was the second most closely portrayed to his actual character in the comics. Nice. I can who, see that. Who was the first? My favorite Green Lantern, Kilowog. Ah. So let's talk about some of the uh, lanterns, because it, oh, it, I guess there's one other, um, yeah, one other person who plays an actual person on screen that's worth mentioning, and that's Tim Robbins, because he's another mm-hmm. high caliber actor given a part that really wasn't that, big. but but he hadn't done a lot in his career in recent years at this time. He wasn't as active, and when he first came on screen, I almost didn't recognize him because he was so much older right. than the last time I seen him. But he was Senator Hammond, and he's great. I, I love Tim Robbins. I, I would I would not mind us trying to find more Tim Robbins to watch. The Hudsucker Proxy is one of those True movies that. that I really want to work up to at some point. They actually it's named a movie The Hudsucker Proxy. Oh, you never seen it? Oh, dude. I, I'm <laughs> not never sure I've heard of it. Oh, it's amazing. If we can do Joe versus the Volcano on this show, we can definitely do The Hudsucker Proxy. <laughs> but do we have to? Oh, that's not a strong recommendation for me. (laughs) I'm just saying the name, just the name. That's all I know about the movie so far. And it does not go me with. I must see this movie. (laughs) That's great. Oh, man. So uh, Kilowog, do you guys know who voiced him? Did you guys look into this? Did not look into it. I did not. Michael Clark Duncan. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. If you don't know oh, who I'm talking about, well look him up done. real quick. As soon as you see his well face, done. you'll know. Not his only major comic book role, obviously, because he was famously uh, Kingpin in, you know, that one Daredevil movie. Yeah, yeah. Where he was the best thing in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he him! Big, big man. <laughs> yeah. Kilowog. That's He's great. I'm- now I'm wondering how much they had to pay Michael Clark Duncan to get on a microphone and say poozer more than once. <laughs> Dude. Clancy Brown was uh, parallax. Oh, here we go. He's like, he's, now you're looking at the gas <laughs> list. He's going to beat me to it all. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Clancy Brown. Got to mention him. And I mean, I've got, um, I, I, I don't want to jump completely out of order ahead of myself here, but parallax of course, was this just monstrous villain. They had to find somebody that had that voice, right? And where is it? 
uh, a little bit of him in like the redux of the oath later in the movie. I've got it right here. You, you recognize it now? Yeah. Wow. That's, that's the Kurgan, right? <laughs> Perfect. Oh, so it is. All of a sudden, I'm wishing that he had been the voice for the MCP back in the days of Tron. <laughs> if there was a reboot, he could be. He's it would amazing. be awesome. He's amazing. And At now, least, he's, getting, you know, now he's getting older. I'm just sure he'll just keep doing more voice work, too. I mean, he's so good at it. He does a lot of it. Um, but yeah, he was, it definitely was on, on my short list here. Taika Waititi did a voice in this, uh, Tom, Tom come not, not I th- that wasn't a voice. That was the best friend. Oh no, he was in it. No, he was in it. Yeah. He, sorry. Yeah. He was Hal's best friend in the comics. He is an Inuit and I was kind of disappointed that we didn't see a clear, uh, I thought he was somebody else when that. I wrote it down. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. He was, he played Tom. Tyke, I like Taika. This was before I knew who he was, you know, uh, because I didn't really, what is it? Oh, um. Thor, the third Thor movie, Ragnarok. That's where I learned who Taika Waititi was. Before that, I didn't really know. And shortly after that, that, Jojo Rabbit. And then everybody knew who Taika Waititi was, yeah. Which I haven't uh, seen either of those. I loved him in Free Guy, too. Still has no clue. (laughs) Uh, He was was kind of the villain dickhead in Free Guy at the end. uh, Another Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Um, He was the the guy who ran the company. He, he, he was, I'm gonna be honest. Weird. I don't remember a lot of Free Guy other than like catchphrase. He was the CEO <laughs> that put catchphrase into so action. Okay, yeah. cool. And one of my favorites, uh, Jeffrey Rush, was Tomar Ray. And uh, wow, you know, for a humanoid fish, that guy was actually fairly impressive. I know I've got a clip with him too, and I don't know what it is because I labeled them all weird, but. I love Jeffrey Rush, and um, I cannot help but think of. Um, well, I just lost his name. The the, the captain Barbosa. bad guy and yeah Barbosa. Barbosa. Every time I see him now, but since I wasn't looking at him, <laughs> it like took me a second to go. I know that voice. I just I hadn't the, made the connection. The so it's, it's a fun one. The man could do no wrong. I, I love him in everything. Uh, anybody else? Anyone worth? mentioning i think that was my list of of like um, um notables who was the actor that played abin sir abin sir um i didn't know him so i probably should have written him down but um if you guys still got the list up jason uh i mean he turned out to be kind of a bit part but um, I, I but he did uh, gone uh, off to i have it care. it's it's uh something uh, i can't pronounce Timuera morrison you know, i looked at like what he actually looks like in his IMDb photo, and he didn't look familiar to me. But I didn't look at his resume to see if I knew him from anywhere. I mean, he plays in The Mandalorian. Oh, well, who's he play? Boba Fett. Oh, him. What? That got an eyebrow. What? That's the why should why didn't I yeah. know his name? Dear God. <laughs> Did he change it? I told you I'm a bad nerd. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> now I gotta go look this. Sure. But I need to look at this picture to be, again. To be fair, until I flipped onto the page and saw his face, I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I know that guy. So basically, the only things we know this actor from are playing significant alien badasses, although one of them is only for about five minutes. He had a role in Aquaman. Oh, you mean well, the original? Curry. I was he, no, he wasn't the original Bubba Fett, was he? Is that what you're saying? He's been in a lot of Star Wars, just in general. <laughs> 
it, no, IMDb t- lists Tamara him Morrison. as Boba he is, Fett in... He is the, in The Mandalorian. You're right. Okay, yeah. Now that I'm looking at the picture again and you say that, like, why did I not freaking see that? I'm probably saying his name completely wrong. No, you're I fine. I'm not feeling well this I, week, I and I apologize. I don't know how to <laughs> Yeah, he was Boba Fett back to episode five, it looks like. Well, he was, yeah, yeah. he was... Uh, when when Boba Jango. Fett came in. Yeah. He was uh, Jango Fett in the uh, prequels. Yeah. And then got to continue being Boba Fett when they did the book of Boba Fett stuff. And then he was in the Mandalorian. He is notable for that. So that's that's all I would have known him from, I'm sure. But that's great. And he's obviously gotten a lot of Star Wars uh, uh, <laughs> on his resume. He was in Dora the Explorer, too. And Aquaman. He was in the Aquaman That was a movie. good movie. That movie was better mm-hmm. than it should have been. Yeah, it was. I, I never it. have seen that. I started to watch it like once because you guys actually said it was decent. We should do it for I, the show. One of these years I'm going to put down on my list. <laughs> that may be the way it gets to, that I actually sit down and watch it. Cause Which movie? Because it was hard. I can add it to the list. Yeah, I and the list too up. much Adoro when, J- when Gabriel was young. You know, just way too much of it. So, uh, box office. Uh, there was a, a $200 million estimated budget. Opening weekend, it did $53.1 million, so it was a strong opener. But then it only grossed $116 million in the U.S., $219 million worldwide. Uh, the estimated loss was about $75 million when it uh, was premiered. So I don't necessarily know how quickly they knew it wasn't going to meet expectations, but it clearly didn't. So I imagine everyone would have a different answer to this question, but I am kind of curious what you guys think. What went wrong with this movie? My answer for this one is the same as a lot of them. (laughs) Now, that's an interesting, actually, that is an interesting question. Because I walked into the theater to see this with huge expectations. And so it was a given that I was going to be disappointed, but it didn't even try to meet my expectations from what I could see. And I I just kind of want to know where people feel like this went wrong. You're right in thinking that that doesn't really make you the standard either, because clearly if hardcore fans are going to be disappointed, that's just kind of par for the course. A lot of movies are still really popular while alienating a hardcore fan base. Because they meet, uh, you know, the expectations of a larger, broader audience as an action flick or whatever. Richard, were you about to say something? That was one of my points was, like I said, I, I remember that I saw the movie. I don't remember watching the movie. I watched it this weekend. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I know I saw this movie. I didn't remember a lot of it. And I'm already having a hard time remembering parts of it. So I don't know if that says anything, but that's the, actually the good. Is some of it's not memorable to that's me, good. and we've, I think that's part of the issue. I feel like we've had that conversation once or twice on this show about other movies too, where where it was harder to pinpoint exactly what the problem was, but like you walked away and it didn't stay with you. It's forgettable. It's absolutely forgettable. And I I'm the same way. I I don't usually forget things like that. I mean, movies. Even mediocre movies, I tend to remember details quite a bit. I get really hooked in. And I just, mm, I was watching this this weekend, and I, I mean, uh, kind of like Richard said, I, I remember watching it. Some of the things came back to me a little bit as they were happening on screen, but 80% of it almost, I would say, not at all. I didn't even remember Parallax in the movie at all. Even watching it, I was like, "Is this? Does this? Is do I remember? Is this familiar?" I did. I had to. Re, I had to be reminded of the Green Lantern Corps, which is like 
the movie. Yeah, and the only reason I remember them is because they were the part that kind of annoyed me going into it the first time. I was like, oh, there's a lot more of this than I thought there was going to be. They were the part that annoyed yeah. me this They're, time. For me, it didn't. there was nothing in the movie that gave me a reason to care about most of the characters. The one that I liked the most was Hector, and he was the bad guy. <laughs> I really felt also for him. Also an interesting point. Really yeah, and uh, it's, it, it is one of those that has that issue, that the characters are not likable they're not respectable. They're kind of pricks. They're put offish, standoffish, whatnot. Uh, they expect more than should be expected. This is the third or fourth iteration. Sorry, what? Well, I was going to say they were high quality ingredients, but they didn't go together when the meal was made. Yeah, but this is the third or fourth telling of. Hal Jordan's origin story that I have seen. I am a huge fan of the DC animated universe and they keep telling it in different ways, but it's always the same. And it always has Hal Jordan and Kilowog butting heads in the beginning. In several of them, he's on Oa for weeks before he goes back to Earth. It feels like that would have been more realistic, too. And so... Like these training, quote-unquote, exactly. you know. <coughs> he oh, he's, gets he's been five minutes getting beat up by Kilowog, and then Sinestro comes along. And, and beats like, him up, and then he goes home and quits. Yeah. It's... What? Yeah, so that... Yeah, you're right. That didn't feel... So it's a, it's a writing issue, then. Uh, or an editing issue, possibly. I guess we could... To be clear on that, because like, like I said, the writers... Somewhere There's a between. lot speaking for the writers being quality writers and knowing comic book stuff really well. So maybe that isn't exactly where it lays. And could have been direction from above. Because like I said, the individual characters were great. The, the scene was great. I, I just don't think it worked together once it was all thrown together. You, you have a very loose definition of great. <laughs> I, well, okay. I mean, they were better than awful. There were a few significant beats from uh, the comics that I was surprised to see not only included in the movie, but included in the movie more or less intact. They were relatively minor ads that didn't really bring anything to the movie. So I feel like they were more there as fan service to try and ameliorate the hard feelings for the fans. <laughs> Which is like fine. Me. Yeah. But I was still impressed to see them there. Uh, there were a couple that were significantly distorted, and that didn't bother me overly much because I didn't expect them to make an appearance at all. But that being said, it the disconnect between different segments of the story was significant and noticeable to me on a critical rewatch. It did not catch my attention on the first viewing. Uh, but going back over it now, there were a lot of points where I was like, this, this is weaker than I remembered it being. What about the effects? Were they I reaching? did not have I did not have any complaints about the effects, and I rarely do, so that may not be saying much. Because there have been movies where you guys have torn into the effects, and I'm like, I can't speak on yeah. this, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Um, I love the effects. I love the the photography, like all the imaging, the balance, the the colors, the darks, the lights, everything. I th I thought it was well meshed. The artificial parts and the and the recorded parts. I thought they went well together. Nothing distracted me visually. But nothing grabbed me from the story. I got bothered by the mask and the neckline and the fake outfit. Was that aesthetic or was that the effect itself? It was the effect. It didn't look right anymore. He didn't look right. And the mask didn't line up with his face the same way each time. Exactly. So that it, messed with it too. You know, 
when you when you paint the mask on afterwards, sometimes you miss, and it oh, it screwed cool. with his face. I mean, the weird thing it's is, of all the like, things, they could have done the mask as a practical. The mask why should do, have at least been a that? practical effect. There's no reason yeah. it shouldn't have been, other than the still, fact that they, they could have still. You know, done, done the, the effect of it going away, uh, you know, and but used an actual mask on his face. And they of, they wanted to make a suit of pure energy. I I liked the look of the suit. I thought it was kind of cool, but I think they I overdid guess. the suit. It did not need to have like living wires going through it the entire time. You could have <laughs> given put, in, give, put it. him in a green suit, and it would have served just the same purpose to me. Interesting. Yeah. So. Talking about some alternative um, ways this movie could have gone. Zack Snyder was approached to direct it. Ah, then it would have been as grumpy as the rest of the DC movies. (laughs) He turned it down. Get this. He turned it down so he could uh, do his commitment on Watchmen. Uh, Of course, he would later accept the offer to direct the Superman reboot, Man of Steel, instead. And that was a couple years after this. Quentin Tarantino was considered to direct the film. What? Now, that would have been a very I don't know if I believe that one, but... That would be a very different movie. Sam Worthington and Chris Pine were considered for the lead. That I'm okay with. I can see both of those. I think either would have been good. Yeah. Uh, Brian Austin Green, a huge fan of Green Lantern. Do you guys know who he is? Yes. Um, 90210. Yeah. Yeah. He campaigned actively to get the role, which obviously he did not get. Uh, Bradley Cooper, Justin Timberlake, and Jared Leto also screen tested for it. Bradley Cooper. I can see two of those. Cooper actually... <laughs> Screen test? I thought they never even offered it to him. It's, uh, the the trivia I had said screen tester for the role, but they weren't there, there selected, so I don't know. But again, you know, take it with a great assault. It's just I internet there. trivia. <laughs> yeah. you know? Justin Timberlake would have been uh, a Jared Leto would have been a strange choice. Justin Jer- Timberlake. Jer- Jared Leto what, is always doing? a strange choice. Yeah. Period. Yeah, yeah, that is kind of End his of thing. story. It doesn't matter what the role is, what the suggestion is. Some of them eventually did star in diverse sci-fi franchises, of course. Worthington, Sam Worthington played Jake Sully in Avatar um, and a sequel. And the next one that's going to come out and the next one that's come out and the one that's going to come after that. Uh, Pine played, of course, Captain James T. Kirk in the Star Trek reboots and sequels. And uh, uh, Bradley Cooper was Rocket Raccoon in I forgot about that one. Guardians and Guardians 2 and Avengers, Infinity War and Avengers Endgame and Guardians 3 and then the, the Christmas thing. Which was actually kind of cute. And uh, Leto played Joker in Suicide Squad. Two <laughs> and Morpheus. Mm-hmm. He played Joker and Morpheus? No, Ed- <laughs> and he played Morbius. <laughs> Morbius. <laughs> ah. uh, yeah, a little strange. Uh, see, um, oh, I guess he also played Joker in Zack Snyder's Justice League, the, the, the four hour black and white one that Zack Snyder did, which was so much better than the theatrical release. Um, that's about it. T- uh, Timberlake did voice uh, Branch in the fantasy franchise Trolls. Yes, so yes, I guess he did. That. And he did oh. awesome in Trolls. <laughs> Somebody who appreciated it. I, I, I enjoyed his role in Trolls. Yeah, and Trolls Two, World Tour, which looked actually fun. I, I haven't seen World Tour yet. Uh, see, for Carol, uh, Carrie Russell was considered. Eva Green, Jennifer Garner. Diane Kruger. All of those would have been very different roles. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Garner was already doing too much stuff that this would have been compared to, I think. I love Eva Green, but yeah. 
don't know if it would have been the right pull for this. Would have I don't think would have had better chemistry with Ryan either necessarily. Oh, no. Very different cat. So I've never seen um, her have really great chemistry with anybody, but that's been her characters for the most part. Right, that's well, not, not why she's hired you. Yeah. On the specific issue of the chemistry, I I do have to say that that may have actually been an accurate pull because the characters in the comics have very hit or miss chemistry, chemistry depending on which issue you're reading too, and it's mostly miss. So uh, that may have just been you know accurately pulling it over. But how many people hang out that much with their exes? Like realistically? Well, they work together in a very and high they hung out a lot level. outside. Field. They went to a lot of events together. Let's do some <laughs> clips. Let's do it. Uh, see, Mr. Hal Jordan. Hey, Carol. It's gonna maybe do a little flying today. What do you think? I think you're late. Yes, but that's only because I slept in. I used to sleep in. Then I turned 11. Let me give you a little heads up. I've gone up against these sabers all week, and they have smoked me every time. There isn't anything you can do that they can't do better, faster, and without disappointing women everywhere. I uh, think we both know that's not true. This is exactly why I didn't want you for this. My father did. And I would have gone with Jensen. I'd have gone with Jensen too, but unfortunately he's busy not being good enough. At least he shows up. Hal, this test today, it's important. I got it. I'm going to make you look good up there. Don't worry, okay? Now let's get these pants off and fly some planes. Interestingly enough, I think if you can, in your mind, divorce those two performances like they're not actually talking to each other and take out a couple of her lines which were just i think hard for her to express they're actually not bad performances <laughs> so basically right. if you change everything about their performance it's not except a bad the, performance what, except the for the reads and except for the lines necessarily a couple of lines intersperse their lines with somebody else who was doing it on the same yeah it would work for either side maybe if they put peter sarsgaard in the middle and he's the one they're both talking to <laughs> it gets better there you uh, go yeah so now it's like now that we've been talking about it i'm sitting there in my head just trying to listen to it and go well well, every one of their interactions they feel like they're in different conversations yes very much so. Which could have been direction, editing, or notes. And I feel like his, I mean, I feel even, uh, take it a step further, and I realize it's, it's ridiculous to overanalyze, like, just that little clip, but his delivery of those lines, I can hear Ryan Reynolds in my head doing with the little, just just notch up the energy just, just a smidge, and it would have been a better performance. But it probably wouldn't have worked as well with this conversation. Whereas yeah. in her case, if she could, if they would have taken away a couple of lines where she was directly referencing, you know, like, you know, like where she was talking directly to him, saying his name, you know, interacting with what he was saying, the rest of it was good. So, again, I don't think the writing is per se the problem, but she needed to be more pissed and he needed to be more of an asshole. Yes. <laughs> and they could have done it. I don't know. I guess I don't know, Blake. <laughs> I loved that reaction, kid. Um,. Abensur. Your name. Your name. Hal. Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan. I am Abensur, protector of sector. Okay, hey, hey, listen. We're going to get you to a hospital, okay? Okay? One, 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 one. It carries purple blood. <laughs> the ring. It chose you. Take it. Place the ring. 
Open the lantern. Place the ring. Speak the oath. What? Great honor. Responsibility. Hey, hey, breathe. You just gotta breathe, okay? Great honor. Great responsibility. Mm-hmm. Totally irresponsible guy. Well, I mean, humans are a child race, so... Is that you have chosen... Poorly. poorly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just had to play up and sort. I, I thought his performance was great, so... Oh, yeah. And now now that I know who he was, even better. So, cool. Um, yeah, no, I'm not, not going to say anything else. I, I want to, but anything I say has the potential to be spoilery about shit that has nothing to do with this movie, and I don't want to do it. I get that. I kind of want to do it, but I'm not going to do it. Sinestro. A great light has gone out in the universe. Abin Sur is dead. Four of my lantern brothers killed. The inhabitants of two worlds annihilated by an unknown enemy. An enemy that possesses the yellow power of fear. We know it originated from somewhere within the lost sector. We know it grows more powerful with each encounter. According to Abin Sur's last transmission, he seemed to know what it was. His only words were, it's Parallax. We are aware of the threat. We are assessing the situation. He was talking to the Guardians, right? Yes. Little unclear on their role. Uh, beyond what little we see in this movie, but it feels like there's supposed to be something significant to the universe at large. Yes. As as far as the Green Lantern Corps goes, when like the four others died, do their rings just like superpower into someone else? Yes. Yes. Okay, because they didn't explore any of that. It was just the one guy died, he was replaced. But other people died, and they just didn't say anything. (laughs) It would have been nice if they had. Maybe there was actually a scene that got cut where that happened, I don't know. Whenever a lantern dies, the ring returns to their sector of origin and seeks out a replacement on their own. Because, like, that would have been cool to have, like, five of them come in at the same time instead of one dude. (laughs) Now, on that note, the sectors are massive. All of the visible stars that we can see at night, times a thousand, is the size of our sector. sector. Yes. So the, the, the other four were from so far away that it's not even comprehensible to us to deal Still, with. Still, they called all of the Green Lantern Corps to Oa for their proclamations. So I'm sure it would have, like, super zapped them across the universe. Like it did him. Like it did him. Fair enough. I think they did it better in with with um uh what's his name in Galaxy Quest. Just agree. You're making me was, remember Galaxy Quest. That was more played for laughs. <laughs> and it was hilarious. Uh, so that was the other thing too. Is like it, the Green Lantern Corps. I know they're each responsible for their sector. Do they ever team up? Yes. I mean, other than they, like they the were always teaming stuff. up in the movie. Well, I mean, it seemed so. so. We got four of them that got wiped out at once. So here's something I was really kind of expecting or thinking would have worked well in this script was if they're going to introduce the core and make us try and make us care about them and their their agenda. Their quest. Right. Their purpose. And introduce these other characters who, you know, become familiar to Hal. How great would it have been to have them show up in the climax as well and be part of the fight with, you know, the massive enemy that Parallax was defending the Earth? 
Oh, but they'd already given up on Earth. Yeah, but these guys were supposed to be like cool, you know. Kill they were supposed to, but they were being yeah, led by they Sinestro. They they <laughs> were being led by the Guardians, and the Guardians are the physical embodiment of bureaucracy. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> Guardians are also the most ridiculously narcissistic creatures in all of existence. But that isn't necessarily covered very well in the movie. You kind of get a hint of it. I feel nice. I like Chris Pratt's Guardian better. Yeah. <laughs> we all know why, Richard. Because <laughs> he has a raccoon um, friend. Of course, yeah. of course. I, that's okay, why. so I was wrong. I thought it was the tree. <laughs> I figured I figured it would be the wood that got you excited. <laughs> wow. Uh, the oath. To infinity and beyond. <laughs> By the power of Grayskull. What the hell? Come on, if you can fly me a hundred miles into the middle of nowhere, you think that No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might. Beware my power. Green Lantern's light. That scene kind of gave me chills. I, I have to say, I feel for deciding to stick to their guns and go ahead and use some corny power-up phrase that was written in the 50s in mm-hmm. this movie, they managed to pull that off really freaking well. As I was going to say, that the Thundercats is still a better um, calling, <laughs> but you know. Yes, yes. And, Although, and, and also and, deserving of a movie. <laughs> it, you're not wrong. But, and and the, the lead-up they did there, <laughs> including the part that, you know, before it that you didn't include in the clip, you know, I solemnly swear to <laughs> <the> pledge allegiance <laughs> To, to a lantern. <laughs> Give it to me by a purple alien. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I, it was just too much. It was way too long a clip at that point. Um, understandable, yeah. but he he did that, that scene right. He did that scene right. I can't argue with it at all. Notice how some of the best performances in the movie are Ryan Reynolds acting with himself. I'm just putting that out there. He's got way more experience at that. <laughs> Wow. Um, okay. Speaking of uh, Oa, let's uh, let's do this. Have you concluded admiring yourself? Uh, yeah. Well, your ring translator is functioning properly. Your mask will appear when protection of your identity is required. There is no need for it on Oa. Talking fish. Actually, my race is Zadarian. Our DNA does somewhat resemble your own ichthyological species. I am Tom Array, protector of Sector 2813 and home to... 80,012 galaxies, 2.34 million sentient species. How do I know that? The induction process. It activates the ring's higher functions, including a working knowledge base. In truth, we were curious. The process had never been attempted on a species as young as humans before. As you are the first to be chosen, I have been sent to welcome you here. And here is... Welcome to our nice. Okay. I'm sorry. I just had to jump on this real quick. 
The knowledge base of the ring tells him exactly how many sentient species are in Sector 2813, but it doesn't tell him, Jack, about the home base of the Guardians that he is currently standing on. Right. Interesting. Plot hole. Okay. That, that, yeah. Uh-huh. But, um, sure, I'll I did buy that catch for that dollar. time, though, that he said he was the first one. I don't, I think, I originally thought it was the first as the human, but he said, I was, I'm sent to meet you because you're the first one selected. Maybe it's the first one selected of the four rings that just got freed up. Maybe that's why the others aren't there yet. They hadn't been selected oh, yet. I think they clarify it a little bit later that they're referring to the fact that he's the first human, the first member of his species. I, I think a little bit of both at that point. Now that I it, it has never it. been tried on a species as young. He as said yours, that, but. and then he said, "I met you because you're the first selected." But I don't know. Uh, from other viewings of other Green Lanterns with this exact same interaction. What he's saying is Green Lanterns are known throughout the galaxies. Like, on Earth, they've never heard of the Green Lantern Corps. In the rest of the galaxy, everybody knows who the Green Lanterns are. They grow up watching the Green Lanterns. So when... Space fuzz, So if the ring shows up and chooses you, you go, oh, hey, I'm going to Oa. They had Ah. Hal get met because Hal didn't know what the fuck was going on. Oops, sorry, pardon. Being, no, you're good. Uh, and, Mario Kart. and apparently OA is classified. This, this show's got so many coins piling up at this point, I can't sorry. afford it. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, you just need to hit one of those blocks that keeps pumping <laughs> out coins for a little while. Rich and I are the only ones behaving ourselves at this point. <laughs> sorry. Hey, I self-edited at least a couple of times. Oh, so good. anyway, good. But, but yeah, it's, it's really referring to the fact that humans don't know who the Green Lanterns are so they figured they ought to meet him in his room since he wouldn't just get it. And that's actually some nice thought put into a scene. I wish we'd seen more of that in this movie. So there's a theme that plays out uh, with that in a few scenes that makes it clear something that they're reaching for in the story, but it doesn't pay off very strongly. And that is this idea that as a human, Hal is... A, a weaker choice that he's a lesser species in some way that the core is made up of all these more advanced alien peoples. And this, I mean, we, you'll see this premise done again and again in science fiction in various ways sometimes. And frequently it's done with the purpose of creating a storyline in which the human does something that these other supposedly more advanced species can't or won't. And they go that way a little bit in this story with Hal. Well, he shows up, speaks directly to the Guardians, and you know shows the tenacity or the 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 determination you know of humans to stand up against impossible odds, and then actually you know win, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's there, but it felt like it was intended to be played more strongly. I thought that it was like it just like the fact that the story didn't couldn't really kind of resolve its villain issue. Like, Parallax was the villain, but Parallax wasn't the villain really until the last 10 minutes. Uh, uh, what's his name? Hammond was? Hector was the Hector, villain? Yeah. But villain but Hector was no longer the villain by the last 20 minutes? Yeah, and then his boss shows up and eats a soul. Yeah, it's just... They're, they're, 
you know, it's, it's like, what, what are we, do, do we really know what we're fighting at this point? It, since it isn't really important, all we know is we're fighting the big, nasty, unstoppable thing. Okay. Here. Hector wasn't yeah, the villain. Yeah. He was a herald. And again, and again, uh, yeah, he really, well, really, he yeah. Was a, very, he was I mean, a victim. <laughs> very silver server Yeah, a vibe, victim right? was a better, because he had part of Parallax in him. That was part but, of what drove the whole thing. But they could have played it up better, right? They could Absolutely. have played his role into it better. They could have played. They could have played him up as actually engaging with Parallax in a way that felt meaningful as part of it. As part of you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe I just. I feel maybe I'm reaching. Maybe I'm reaching it for things the story wasn't designed writing. for. Character uh, interactions were the problem. Yeah, this they may have shot twice as much footage, and this is what they ended up with. I have no idea, but. There are some issues there. The, the, the themes that they were reaching for in this, I feel that they could have done and maybe intended to do more with, and it just didn't end up being the movie that didn't end up being the movie we saw. So what I'm hearing is we need that a director's me. cut of this movie. There apparently is one. Probably on not. The Blu-ray. <laughs> I wonder if it's any better. It, I mean, it may, we may need a director's cut with a completely different director. <laughs> Let's get rid of Don Schneider for this. Cut of Green Lantern. Zack Snyder cut of Green Lantern. Somehow I don't think he'd be down for that. Oh, well. Uh, anyway, not to bring it down. Um, oh, the humanity. When I learned I've been Sue's ring had chosen you, I said there had to be a mistake. <clears throat> I see nothing to change my mind. I'll take it from here, Kilowog. The core is only as strong as its weakest link, and I will tolerate no weak links. You understand me? Are you afraid, human? Are you afraid? Don't. <laughs> Don't do that. Shall we? Sure. The sword. Oh, human. <laughs> How does he have so much knowledge on humans? That was something I caught too, Boy, especially considering his sector is, you know, at least well beyond the boundaries of our galaxy and no human has ever been a lantern before. And for that matter, how did Tomare know what the DNA of fish is I, like? He's probably basing that entirely on the knowledge base entry, mostly harmless. Uh, <laughs> you can see that. <laughs> and the dolphins may have told Tomare about Earth the is fish still there. cabinet. <laughs> was blown up to make room for a Vulcan hyperspace box, right? Dear God. Different timeline. <laughs> Is that movie on our watch list? Because if not, it should be. <laughs> Check on that, would you? Oh my gosh. Uh, fear with fear. For the universe's safety and his own, Abensur was charged with imprisoning Parallax in the Lost Sector. But he escaped. Feeding on the fear of others, he grew larger, more powerful. And is now headed here to take his revenge on you and destroy the core. Then we have no choice. We must prepare to harness the power of our enemy and fight fear with fear. To protect our sectors, we must be able to defend ourselves. We must forge a yellow ring. Oh, here, here again. The, <laughs> the, the clips are actually going to piss me off by the time we get through them all. <laughs> uh, and, and we're almost there. The, the ring. The, the forging of the yellow ring, this whole like build up towards whatever they're planning to do with Green Lantern 2, obviously, 
just didn't matter in this movie at all. Other than proving and, that Sinestro is sinister. Right, and the whole purpose of the ring is 100% counterintuitive to what the Green Lantern Corps is supposed to represent. So all we're doing is painting Sinestro's villain origin story, which, again, doesn't matter in this movie at all. And it is an aborted fetus of Sinestro's actual origin story, which makes him uh, at least somewhat more understandable, if not entirely sympathetic villain. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Cheekbones. Evening, ma'am. Didn't get a chance to say goodbye. Are you okay? No, I'm, I'm glad to have a chance to thank you. Just doing my job. No thanks necessary, miss. No, it, it is. You saved my life. You saved all of our lives. That was a very... How? Miss? How? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How? How did you know it was me? What do you mean? I've known you my whole life. I've seen you naked. You don't think I would recognize you because I can't see your cheekbones? <laughs> How did she not recognize him before? How did that entire party not know exactly who he was? He was at a party celebrating himself. He turned into a superhero in freaking spandex and a mask, and no one recognized him. Oh, that's there were a lot of moving cannon. parts. <laughs> While that was all going on, and he didn't really do a whole lot of standing still and letting people take a good look at and him. Tom pulled it oh, immediately. And people are inobservant. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Tom immediately went to his apartment and said, a Hot Wheels track? Really? Yeah. But Tom helped him hide the body and drove him away from the alien spaceship, so he may have had a little bit of an inside track True. on that. Yeah. That, I think, was probably their best scene together in the movie. Yes. It really was. The <laughs> best really was. Movie. captured it. Yeah, and, and it was better before she realized who he was. <laughs> There's that kind of little bit of tension in him with the deep voice. His Batman voice. is actually mm -hmm. kind of fun, you know. Oh, well. Kevin Amali's only human. Look, I know right now you're afraid. You dare accuse the Guardians of feeling fear? Yes, I do. And that's exactly why Parallax is beating you, because you're afraid to even admit you're afraid. I know. I spent my entire life doing it. You know, what we say on Earth, we say, I'm only human. We say it because we're vulnerable. We say it because we, we know we're afraid. It doesn't mean we're weak. See, that was good writing. I thought that was good writing. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give that one. Okay. It's, it's, it's a very... I'm always looking at Vanessa to see her reaction. <laughs> For his character, it was good writing. The interactions okay. were still... Shoddy. and what interaction <laughs> i i still say exactly. it's it's very human serving i mean to be fair we're introduced to the universe from a human who doesn't know anything about it just like every other sci-fi we're the stupid humans that have to have the exposition to go into this but at the same but time Sully did it so much better smartest most wonderful yes yes society. Jason, the whole movie panders to the human audience that it's been marketed for yes indeed <laughs> <laughs> it it didn't do well intergalactically sorry <laughs> it did, it, <laughs> well it didn't do well period it didn't we already do well here so. <laughs> <laughs> that cracks me up maybe they should have um, pandered more <laughs> Redux. Oh, no, I thought this was the best plenty. part of the climax. Uh, let's see. Feel your fear growing. 
but I liked it. That was not a bad seat. No, nah. Especially given the fact that it was just nothing but a bunch of CGI piled on top of each other. Well, and I'll get into that a little bit more deeply, but yeah. Have you guys had enough yet? I, I, I got one or two more, but it's, at this point, that's, it doesn't really... It's just downhill from there. So. <laughs> you get the whole story, it's fine. Let's try this one. Yeah, yeah. Thumbs up, thumbs down. You ready, Rich? Yeah. I, I want to I interject real quick, just because I noticed while you were playing the sounder, four out of five members of the panel had their heads, heads bobbing. Because <laughs> it was the most exciting part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go for it, my friend. So, on my thumbs down, the overall idea of the Green Lantern Corps, both what it is supposed to be and what it is portrayed as just doesn't really work for me. I have a big issue with this is the core and we are this and we don't do this. And then you look at the individual units of the core and you might as well be looking at a regular business with regular people doing regular horrible things to each other because Inside, it's definitely not what it says on the tin. That that gets to me, and maybe that just undercuts my whole enjoyment of the plot to begin with. On my thumbs up, disregarding some CGI fluffery. I mean, 2011, whatever, you know, see, nothing, it's, yeah. It gets, yeah, even, it's not great, but... um. I did find the colors selected and the balance of the colors and the balance of the CGI coloring and the real shot film coloring and the different aspects coming together at the director of photography work was really good. I, I was impressed with that. It was, I enjoyed watching it and I don't sometimes enjoy watching color choices or weird light shiftings or very swingy color stuff in movies where they like don't pay attention scene to scene when it changes but that's me i i know i'm hyper aware of that type of thing uh i thought this movie was well done in that place so, I, so i'm gonna give a thumbs up there's my thumbs up <laughs> Here, catchphrase. Um, at the end of the day, <laughs> right. the story was okay, but overall forgettable. So I'm going to go ahead and give this two and a half stars before I forget why. <laughs> wow. That's, yeah, nailed it. <laughs> Vanessa, your thoughts, please. Honestly, there's a lot of thumbs down in my thoughts. There's one thumbs up. I liked Hector. The villain was my favorite character. <laughs> rough. I know. Thumbs down. Character interactions sucked. The CGI sucked. 
all of the characters that were supposed to be the good guys sucked. Like, I didn't see how anything was supposed to interact and seem like a cohesive anything. Hector actually made a good bad guy. If they had just made him the only bad guy, it probably would have even been a better movie. (laughs) Have Parallax be like the twist at the end where that's the hint for what's going to happen in Green Lantern 2. Having Parallax be this almighty blah 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 whatever thing that shows up for five minutes at the very end and gets burned in the sun. Why? Why Why do I care? <laughs> I can't... I think it's because of a comment that um, somebody made earlier, I don't know if it was Rich or Jason, about the being kind of a herald, right? Yeah. It, it's very indicative of, uh, in, in a way, like the way they used Galactus in one of the Fantastic Four movies they did in the early mid two thousands, where in the comics there's the, a lot more, a lot more to that character as a villain, but in the movie they made him this looming, sort of pending, ephemeral threat yeah, that I was like encroaching on the planet until it was dealt with. Yeah. Was dealt with. That worked. Better is all I'm saying. It, it was that better kind than of approach one, yeah. <laughs> with Hector kind of would have worked better. Although I didn't particularly care for Hector as a villain, he made my skin crawl. But I'm pretty sure that was his goal. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I saw everybody's reaction to that. Oh, yeah. He 100% made my skin crawl. He was supposed to. <laughs> I totally he had that. some good lines, sense. by the way. He did. But he was a smart character. Was, uh, they were you know, maybe that's my problem. That I liked him because he was the well, smart guy. I, I guess uh, more smart. what I was complimenting is he had some good snark. He had some real. He may he have did. had the best snark in the movie. And with Ryan Reynolds in the movie, that's saying something. True. Wow. Good yeah. Point. Overall, I have now seen this movie twice, and I've regretted it both times. It's not the worst thing I've seen, though. So one and a half. One and a half. Have we seen the worst thing you've seen on Exposition Street? I don't know. I don't remember my ratings at this Food point. I'm bad at memory. <laughs> but we could look at her ratings and find out what the worst thing she's seen on Exposition Street is. That's Let's true. Find out. This can't be too far off the ground from that. Dude, Jason, what do you think? Really. <laughs> okay. So I don't remember if I saw this movie when it came out or not. But we've already established that watching this movie was forgettable. So it's entirely possible that I did. I do know that I've spent the last 13 years making fun of it because it's the nickelback of superhero movies. (laughs) And so when I heard we were going to do this, I was like, oh, man, I'm the hammer on guy. I make fun of things and i hate movies that other people love i'm going to just have a horrible time with this one i kind of enjoyed it (laughs) (laughs) did it have problems yeah it, it, it had problems there there was a little bit of cgi continuity issues with the mask and the way his head fit on his body and different stuff like that but I can get past that. Uh, did it have story problems? The same story problems that the Green Lantern almost always has. It This movie was all, with the exception of Parallax, which I hadn't really seen before, the origin story portion of this movie was beat for beat in 
three or four other animated versions that I've watched of the Green Lantern. And it's just stunning how many times we can see the same thing. It's like watching uh, Tom and Martha Wayne get shot again. Yeah. Or Clark get land, land in his little space pod right. and get... Or yeah. Peter getting bit by a spider. <laughs> it's true. Or Uncle Ben getting murdered. <laughs> it's 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 yeah, it's a thing. True. We see it. We know it. And I've, I'd seen a couple by this point. And it's just, wow, there it is again. Okay. But it was Ryan Reynolds, and I enjoy Ryan Reynolds. Um, I enjoyed several of the actors, who they are and what they do. It wasn't great, but it I don't think it was meant to be great. And I'm more forgiving of acceptably bad movies, especially when they're at least fun to watch. And like Richard said, with the exception of a few CGI glitches, it was visually stunning. It was a pretty movie. It was a pretty movie that sounded good. It had a few good laughs. It told the base story in a way that was very similar to the same story told other ways. So I really can't mock it that hardcore or I have to re-examine what I think about the other things that I've enjoyed. Uh, <laughs> no, not don't do that. <laughs> although I will say one of my favorite iterations of Green Lantern has Nathan Fillion as the Green Lantern and Henry right. Rollins as Sinestro, or, or as Kilowog. Now I need Kilowog, to watch that. <laughs> Ooh, Henry oh, Rollins as Kilowog. Oh, Henry Rollins as Kilowog. I've got to watch that. What is that? Uh, just look up Green Lantern on HBO and you'll find it. It's one of the animated. I will do that. Uh, I love Henry Rollins. And I love I love Kilowog. It's another, it's an animated. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, long story short, three stars. I enjoyed it. I had fun. It, it was nice. not a waste of my two hours. Uh, one thing I kind of want to mention, because I skipped right past it at the beginning of the show, because we started talking about the actors, like when I was in the middle of everything else. Uh, James Newton Howard did the music for this. And uh, Howard's a really accomplished composer. And the, a lot of the musical sections in this movie were either it kind of faded into the background or were really strong thematic roles in the scene. Uh, I, I thought that it, it did a lot of lifting. Uh, it, it, Howard's responsible for stuff like Waterworld. I think, did we do that one on the show? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we did Waterworld. Yeah, we did Waterworld. Um, he did Unbreakable. He did the music for Treasure Planet. He did Batman, uh, Nolan's Batman trilogy, the Hunger Games movies, Maleficent, which we did on the show, the Fantastic Beast films. He's done a lot of really great genre flicks and uh, always brings his A-game to pretty much every movie he composes. So I, I really enjoyed the score in this, but I didn't get to focus on it enough because I feel like the way it was edited into the movie, it spent a lot of time in the background. You notice a few of the scenes, I kept the music rolling after the dialogue and the clips, I mean, because I just liked the music so well then the way it was used. And so I was trying to find a, a good place to cut. But I, So I, I appreciate your take, Jason. That was uh, illuminating. Kid, I gotta ask, you were the one who recommended this film for the show. Actually, I picked this film for the show, right. but yeah. Selected, yeah. As part of our uh, front end of the year, everybody gets to pick a movie. We all lay our veto power to rest unless there's a really good reason. Apparently, we can come up with a really good reason for this one. Despite our best efforts, we had a meeting. No. Um, <laughs> and I and, wasn't invited. Imagine my surprise. There were pitchforks. <laughs> Green Lantern. Why? 
did you pick this movie? I'm so curious. Was it because you wanted to see what would happen, or did you just thrive in chaos? <laughs> it's uh, actually incredibly simple, Bob. Um, oh, sorry, Bob was your dad. I love Green Lantern. I love Green Lantern. I've always loved Green Lantern. It is one of my favorite elements of uh, the DC uh, landscape. And although it has not been handled well for huge chunks of time in the comic book uh, industry, there have been some of my absolute favorite stories in comics that came straight out of the Green Lantern mythos. Uh, And when I first heard this movie was a thing that was happening, there was this tiny little spark of hope in me that was like, Ooh, maybe we'll get to see the blackest nights storyline in the movie theater. That would be absolutely incredible. It's basically DC zombies on steroids. It would have been amazing. Um, obviously that, that hope died hard well before we reached <laughs> the end of this movie. Um, man, I, I picked it, though, because I wanted to have a chance to sit down and talk to you guys and listen to you guys talk amongst yourselves about Green Lantern. So it's really about that. Simple. So here's a funny thing. Uh, when I when I stopped and asked myself that same question, why would kid pick Green Lantern? And I mean, I, I obviously you and I have been friends for a huge chunk of our lives. I know a lot of what you enjoy in entertainment, but. The interesting thing about the Green Lantern's powers, which we didn't really even talk about much on this show, we haven't discussed because we've been talking I about was other stuff. Waiting until we got to my turn, because right. But I just wanted to mention I'm how they here. were represented in the film, which I think was pretty creative. I'm not sure how true uh, to form they were. Not not far off at all. Right, and and, and the idea I I really understand without even having to elucidate that you would get off on the power to utilize your imagination to construct anything you can come up with, drive it with enough willpower to make it real, and that be it's, a superpower you could get behind. <laughs> it's about my favorite it's power. Kind of no I mean, come on, <laughs> kind of no brainer. But uh, I was just curious. Uh, your thumbs up, thumbs down, sir. Thank you for okay. uh, thank you for uh, uh, indulging me. You're welcome. You're you're very welcome. I'll go ahead and start with my thumbs up. Singular. We've actually talked about most of the good points this movie had going for it. So I'm going to hit on the one thing that was on my list that I already knew wasn't really going to show up on anyone else's. And you just kind of grazed it a moment ago. Uh, it was the way that the use of the rings was actually handled in the movie. And I can't give this a pure glowing golden thumbs up because there were too many points in the movie where it just reduced down to them using their rings like laser guns or blasters and pow, 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 pow. And unfortunately, that happens somewhat more often in the comics than I'd like to. But in the comics, it's kind of deliberate because one of the points of the story in the comics that makes Hal and the other human lanterns, because we eventually get a whole gaggle of them, mm-hmm. stand out is their their imagination and creativity is above the scale. Uh, a lot of the Green Lanterns are kind of reductive in how they use, you know, their towers of will. But imagination, uh, more a little so-so. And the standout lanterns that you see in the comics, of whom Sinestro was one during his time as a green, are the ones who are using the rings to do more impressive feats of creative and imaginative power. Uh, But not only the way that it was handled in that sense, but the way they made it look when he did it. Some of the stuff that they pulled out of those rings was just gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, The two jets that he uses at the ring actually have burner flames coming out of the turbines that aren't green 
You know, I mean, it was little details like that. Uh, when he did the the setup against um, Parallax in the city where uh, he, he got him with the one-two combo, there was just some really cool stuff. Heck, some of the stuff he pulled off in his duel with Kilowog. I loved the way that Hal's powers got used for the most part in the movie. And it was pretty true to Hal. And the comic books, especially in the mid to late part before they started getting into making a story out of Green Lantern, when it was basically monster of the week stuff in the comic books, most of what you saw Hal doing was somehow related to his aviation career. And we saw a tribute to that in this movie as well. Uh, So that, that really made me happy. I got a couple of major things on the thumbs down. We didn't so much touch on it. But they chose to portray Parallax in this movie. And we, we said some good things about the CGI, so I'm going to dump on it. Uh, they chose to portray Parallax in this movie as basically a massive space octopus made out of CGI diarrhea. I was not impressed. <laughs> I was not impressed at all with that. They did so many brilliant things with the CGI in this movie. Parallax stood out to me as what? Why? That could have been so much more interesting, so much more impressive, so much less blah. And I I don't understand the decision that was made there. I really don't. The other thing though, and this could only come from someone like me who is a true fan of uh, the source material. I feel like they could have made at least 20% more money off this movie if they had included just five minutes, five minutes of a Green Lantern named Chip that we did not see in this movie. And if any of you know who Chip is, you'd be smiling right now. So none of you have a clue. His name is Chip, C-H-P, apostrophe P, excuse me. And he is a chipmunk oh, yeah. Green Lantern. I know what you're talking about. In the the bad, what's it called? Uh, the alternate universe with the evil Superman. Oh. Uh, that I like to talk about. The mirror. Oh, gosh. What was... I, I'm coming up with Bizarro. I have no idea what Bizarro means anything. It's uh, in, in something. Anyways, uh, there is a scene in that where Chip single-handedly brings Superman to a complete standstill because he is a massively powerful Green Lantern. But more importantly than that, he is used to focusing on very, very small things like the size of neurons. He uses his ring to stop Superman's brain from working. (laughs) And then his concentration gets broken by Sinestro and Superman turns him into road pizza. But that's okay. (laughs) Um, Chip is a hilarious, adorable Green Lantern. He's like a rocket raccoon with God powers. And just having him in this movie, even as a cameo, would have increased its take 10, 20 percent, I swear. So bad call on the directors. They should have gotten the chipmunk in the movie. My overall final rating, 3.5 stars. It is not a solid hit by any stretch. And to someone who loves the franchise, this movie was a disappointment on multiple levels. But I still very much was reminded why I enjoy watching it. Cool. Three and a half stars for me, Rich. going to plunk that into the calculator. Uh, so, yeah, I was curious how we were all going to take this one. Because I think we all had a, several of us had a little trepidation going into it, and it was hard to avoid kind of preconceived notions. But uh, I wasn't even sure if like Vanessa had seen it. She doesn't watch a lot of superhero movies. I had seen it before. More lately, it sounds like. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I get it. Was, weird I chicks. thought it was. <laughs> to me, it was it was uh, still fun to watch, and I mean, I I don't think it was great. It had a lot, of, like you know, a lot of the problems I harped on are actually real. I know some shows I'll harp on those things, and then five stars, you know. But <laughs> it's just this wasn't it, you know. What what does that give us, Rich? That puts us at two and three quarter. It's just a nudge on the side of it's a good movie. 
Um, so if you like to, um, you know, I, I don't remember, but go back and listen. You can remember why you might or might not. I don't remember. You should anymore. have given it a lower score. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa, you failed to bring it down far enough. <laughs> I, 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 I think I, disapp- I, I, I caught people by surprise and it disappointed, disappointed me, Jason. Them. I was expecting you to be on my side. <laughs> was not quite you were not quite in lockstep this time that's true in fact jason was in fact jason and kid and i were all pretty close on this one weren't we this is kind of weird this is kind of strange yeah if 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 i'm not in last place i'm usually second to last place and today i was smack in the middle so well and i'm if i you guys don't hear from me again uh it'll be because the actual fans of green lantern the comic who heard what i had to say about this movie and the rating i gave it have found and lynched me because the hate amongst the fan core for this movie is vitriolic and severe yes so what you're trying to say is oh i meant two star one and a half stars one one and a quarter maybe yeah i hear you no no uh no Oh yeah, I found my worst rated movie. It was something wild. <laughs> something wild. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, what are we doing next next week, uh, Vanessa? What do we got? We lined up the Saint. Saint Val Kilmer. That'll be fun. That's Ooh, I remember nice. that being good. I remember that being really good. It'd be a change of pace for us, not so just Val because Kilmer, we were being good. I can remember it. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, watch that before next weekend. We'll catch you then. Sounds like a good time. 